This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a remarkable leader. We're joined by Angeline Peters-Lewis. Angeline is the Chief Operating Officer and the Chief Nurse Executive at Barnes-Jewish Hospital, uh, which is the flagship hospital of the magnificent BJC system. Angeline, can you take a moment and tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your hospital, and then, then we'll go from there. Sure. Um, I am a nurse by background, originally from Massachusetts, spent the, spent the majority of my uh, clinical and leadership career there in Partners Health System, and was fortunate to be asked to join the team of BJC, so moved across the country um, from the Northeast to the Midwest, and I am excited to be here and, and excited to serve as both the Chief of Nursing as well as the Chief of Operations here at Bonds Jewish Hospital. Fantastic. And talk to us about what you're seeing currently in in the St. Louis area with vaccines, vaccine hesitancy. What's the temperature today of COVID-19 vaccines and vaccine hesitancy? Let me tell you a little bit about BJC first, and then that would probably create the context for what we're seeing in this area of the country. BJC is a large nonprofit health system with both academic community and rural safety net hospitals. We have about 15 hospitals that serve St. Louis and Illinois, 31,000 employees, 4,800 physicians, about 3,000 uh, 3, inpatient beds. And our flagship, BJH, in partnership with WashU, is a preeminent academic medical center that has been recognized for a quarter of a century on the U.S. News and World Report honor roll. We're one of the largest single-site hospitals in the country. And what we are proudest of is we have lots of amazing technology here, but our people and our people here at BJH have helped us to achieve the recognition of as a being an honor roll hospital and a magnet designated facility. And we have 10,000 amazing team members that show up every day and make all of our missions of patient care, education and research and community come to life. So what we've seen in this part of the country in terms of COVID, like all hospitals across the country, we've experienced multiple surges of COVID and witnessed the devastation, not only to the community we serve, especially our most vulnerable members, but also the impact to the well-being of our teams and the impact on the workforce overall as, as the pandemic has required people to um, re-examine their lives. You know, the vaccine has been a challenge we are only about 50% vaccinated across Missouri, which is different from others across the country and contributes to the um, high rates that we continue to see in our center. However, we believe in the science and the promise of the vaccine as the way to get this um, pandemic behind us. And Rich Lightwood, our CEO, BJC CEO, has led us in being the first hospital in Missouri to decide to implement a vaccine mandate. We're proud of our leaders and our teams. We are able to we have been able to achieve a 96% vaccine compliance rate. And while we know we're not out of the woods yet, we um, because there are many factors that, as you know, that contribute to COVID, like children in school and other um, uh, factors that make COVID still a part of our community. We, however, we are optimistic that we are moving forward and, and can soon, we'll always live with COVID, but can soon put the um, height of the pandemic behind us. Fantastic. In terms of the mandate, what what kind of pushback did you get? You're up to 96%. At the end of the day, it is what it is, and a lot of empathy for that 3 to 4% that won't get vaccinated, but really decided this was the way to go. Give us a perspective on that. So we had a three segments of our workforce, uh, three categories of concern. One is childbearing women. 
which they are able to receive a temporary exemption during their pregnant pregnancies. Uh, we've had members of the community we serve, people of color, who had concerns, but we spent a lot of education and building trust, and that was a community that we were able to make some impact. Where we struggled with, were those members of our team that were just vaccine hesitant, either for political reasons or other personal reasons, and that um, represents the majority of our, our 4%. Thank you. And talk about in the in the St. Louis region, and BJ is much broader than that. What are you seeing with competition currently? What does that look like? Is competition traditional hospital competitors? Is it the CVSs, the WalMarts, the Walgreens? What are you seeing in terms of competition? You know, I thought about that, your question, and if we had talked 18 months ago, I would have been telling you about, uh, you know, CVS and Walmart, but now I want to talk to you about the competition for talent. Because that has been the major disruptor during this pandemic in that, you know, people have reexamined their lives, accelerated um, retirement, and we've seen uh, disruptive competition for talent. The CVS, fast food, um, the food industry, uh, the service industry target where team members are migrating for a different quality of life more flexibility, and in some cases, more competition. But we have been surprised that we want, we're not only competing with other healthcare providers, but in a much different industry for, for, our, for amazing talent. I mean, that is the biggest competition today, really, is this talent issue, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah. really the biggest challenge, is you can't do anything else or, or, or make sure everybody's taken care of and pursue greatness in digital and other kinds of things in competition without great talent. Yes. Talk about what you're doing about that. How are you fighting that? How are you working through that? So the challenge for us is um, for, for us to be innovative and think about how we attract and retain our most precious resource, our people. Um, and so some of the things that we're doing is really thinking innov innovatively about how do we deliver on our promise of exceptional care with possibly adding new team members and new roles? We're really thinking about what is the work that requires the wisdom and expertise of our clinicians and are there opportunities to invite others to support clinicians in their work? Many of our leaders have an administrative burden, you know, of things that doesn't, don't really require their expertise. So we'll have to think about how we design and test new models. At the same time, we continue to deliver it, continue to advance our quality and safety agenda, and as well as continue to propel our organization forward on the journey to become more efficient and lower the overall cost of care. So it is a challenge, but this is an organization that always rises to the challenge. And we also believe we're in a complex yet pivotal time in healthcare. And I personally, in my role, I'm, I'm excited. I'm focused on this day and night, and I'm excited to play an important role um, in both of my roles, leading the organization in some of these efforts. Thank you. And when you look at this year, the rest of this year, the start of next year, Angeline, what are you most focused and excited about when, when you look at sort of the, the, the rest of this year and starting next year? I am most excited about the opportunity to uh, redefine how we, um, the work of our team members in a way that allows them to have a great experience, to rest, recover, rejuvenate, and still deliver on our, our promise. I think it's a complex thing to do, but it's an exciting thing to do and creates lots of opportunity. And if we can get through this time, we will be better stronger and able to serve our patients even more than we did before. And, and 
take a moment, Don, what advice, you've had this remarkable leadership career, COO and chief nursing executive at one of the great systems in the country, truly combined with a great academic medical center in WashU. Talk a little bit about what advice do you give to other leaders trying to have great careers? What advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? Or we've got Danny, our magnificent producer on the phone as a young, young person. What advice would you give to young, brilliant people about having great careers? Of course, some of my advice is influenced by the time and the, that we're in in healthcare and the context of our environment. So I think this is a time for leaders to become more comfortable being vulnerable. We don't have all the answers and we're going to make mistakes. And one of the most important things that we can do to advance our culture of safety is to admit when we've made those mistakes, what we've learned from them, reflect on them, and what we can do different. There is no manual that teaches us how to lead during a pandemic or any other challenging time in our history, but I think being vulnerable and letting teams know is important for setting a role model that it's okay um, to, for, for reflection and to make mistakes. I, I think I, that is the, um, but, that, but that's a magnificent lesson. I, I was just talking about one of our leaders that I, that I see regularly, uh, chief operating officer of a different organization, and he, and he gave this whole talk about people coming back to the office, and he sort of ended the talk, instead of with rigid rules, this concept of we're not sure, and this is going to yes. evolve, and we're going to yes. figure it out. Exactly. And, and that is so refreshing to hear from a leader, this concept of we're not sure, we're going to figure it out, versus, you know, everybody feels so prone to have to say they know all the answers, you know, and, 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 and it's so not true, hardly ever. And so yes. when somebody actually says they're not sure, it's very, it's very appealing, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the other pieces of advice I would give uh, new leaders is be role models for rest, rejuvenation, and resiliency. We often call our teams to do that, especially this, during this time as we're all recovering from what is really a trauma that we, that we face together. And we're not role models. We're on emails in the middle of the night on weekends, and, and so we're asking our team to do something but they, that they have to see us doing first. Um, it's a great recipe, rest, rejuvenation, and resiliency, um, and it's, it's important for, for all of us and our teams. Fantastic. I think, I think this is so important. We all know that in the longer, particularly as we get older, and I'm much older than you are, is that <laughs> this taking care of physical and mental health is so, yes. so important. If you don't do it, you don't start developing those habits early, you can get to a spot where it's really hard to make up for that. And, and so taking care of that physical, mental health, rejuvenating, rest, not easy, but so important, isn't it? It is extremely important, and healthcare is a marathon, not a sprint. So there'll always be things to do, but your your ability for the team to to be at your best, to think about the complex challenges, and to lead the team, to inspire the team, requires that sometimes you step away. So true, Angelina. I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. It's always a pleasure to visit with you. What a remarkable career! And thank you so much for joining us again on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Just terrific as always. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. A good day. Bye bye.